Thanks for pressing play, swimmers and swimmers. I'm your host, Garrett McCaffrey. And joining us today, he's been at the helm of the University of Louisville for almost two decades, entering his 20th season as the head coach at Louisville. He's Arthur Albiero, and this is the Swim Swam Podcast. Thanks so much for making the time here early season for the podcast. Appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, you know, it's a pleasure to, uh, to be able to join you today. Well, let's start, you know, looking back and I can't believe, I mean, it feels like you've um, it's still such a, a fresh program that you've brought, you know, to, to Louisville. It does. It's hard to believe it's been two decades, but if you look back on your, on your first 19 years, how have athletes changed in that stretch? You know, I, it's a it's a very interesting question because I'm, I'm not so sure, right? As you're asking that question, I'm thinking, I'm not sure if they change it. I would like to think that we have changed, right? I think the system has changed. I think the world has changed, obviously. Um, probably the, 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 the simplest thing is communication, right? I think it's as much as, uh, you know, having phones that, that made us, uh, made the world a little smaller. Um, I think it also kind of created a little silo. So I think it's something that you know, I, I think we've always been uh, very upfront. Communication is such a crucial part of our program at a, such a high level about anything and everything. Nothing's off limits. And, uh, you know, we always say when we when we have some information, we can help you with anything. And I mean that. So that's probably the biggest thing I have noticed. Um, but but I'm not uh, I'm not that old yet to say, oh, you know, and 20 years ago when people came in, they were tougher. I'm not so sure about that. I think people tend to fall to the level of your expectations. You know, and I think it goes back to our recruiting, to identifying people who are like-minded with us. Um, we like to think that we're, we're a little bit unique program. And, and, and I think, uh, you know, the results show that today, but, but really how we got there is what makes us unique, you know. So um, identifying people who are like-minded and uh, are, you know, are, are excited to go find out how good they can really be. That, that's been the, the, the mojo of Louisville Swimming. How do you do that? How do you identify people who are like-minded and what is like-minded? What are they like? You know, I, I think we, with simple things for us, uh, you know, obviously the, 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 the willingness to think big, uh, I think is probably the biggest thing, you know, and, and uh, it's, it's, everybody can say they want to, they want to dwell and they, they want to be good, but, uh, but, but really, um, you know, there's a hard piece that, that for us, it's, it's hard to quantify. I fully recognize that. And maybe a lot of it is, it's, it's gut right? From, from myself, from my staff, from, from our team, the feedback of getting to understand, but we do our homework. You know, we, we talk to coaches and we talk to uh, people from the same area and we try to understand who, who is this person. You know, it's not really, it's not really mass recruiting, just identifying a few, you know, just a few that uh, they have a little chip on the shoulder. They want to come and be part of something special and, and make a difference. Right. So it's, it's unique. We're, and it's probably been the beauty of it for me too, Gary, you know, in, in my 20th season, um, we're not trying to live up to something that somebody else established. We're creating a new, a new first every single season. And, uh, I love that, that freshness that that brings. And, uh, and, uh, I think that the dynamics that creates. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, you've seen it with what you've been able to do in results and stuff. Are there any changes in the 
kind of level of athlete that you've been able to recruit in these 20 years? People, I mean, I just talked to Daniel Deal the other day and he dropped your guys' name as one of the five official visits. That's a pretty big deal getting a big name like that. Um, how have the level of recruits or I guess the type of recruits that you've been able to kind of get in the door with changed in 20 years? Well, I, I think, again, you know, for us, uh, you know, we, we know this game is a results driven game. Right. And I think uh, uh, name recognition. And, and even though we've been around for 20 years, the reality is really right. And I, I think it's important from a from a uh, background standpoint, you know, and, and uh, I don't know if you're going to ask me this, but I'll get there. When I first got here and, and, and true story, you know, I, I never thought I was going to be here this long. But the program was uh, was alive and was on life support. And, uh, you know, we had a half a scholarship on the men's side in, in 2003, 2004 season. That's what we had. And uh, we had three point eight on the women. And so uh, humble beginnings. You know, uh, we had one assistant coach, a part time diving coach in a six lane, 25 yard basement pool. That's what we had. And uh, we're in Conference USA at that time. We we're in the bottom of Conference USA. So we, we had humble beginnings. Um, you know, you may say, so how in the world did you see uh, potential in that? And honestly, it was uh, the athletic director at the time, Tom Jurich, who had taken over the program here as, as an AD two years prior. And, and um, he was excited to invest in swimming, you know, and, and uh, really his, his uh, enthusiasm and, and really, um, you know, genuine uh, approach to, okay, it's time to invest in swimming, uh, really connected with me. And, and uh, you know, that's why uh, Tom's retired now, but uh, I was very grateful for the opportunity he gave me and everything he told me he was going to do on, on a conversation, on a job interview, uh, which was fairly informal, I may say, uh, really, he made, he made good on his word, right? So to me, that's one of the main reasons I've, I've stayed at Louisville and I've, I've been proud to, to be part of the program. And, and now on my third different AD, um, you know, I, I feel like we have earned the respect internally. So uh, we've come a long way, um, you know, and in, in, in little by little. And so, but really, right, the first year we were fully funded around around 2011. That was our first top 10 finish. 2012, men were ninth at NCAs. Uh, and, and that was a big, big breakthrough, breakthrough for us. But it, again, that was not that long ago, right? And, and so from a name recognition standpoint, um, we're, we're, we're still the new kids on the block and we certainly we're okay with that. And we know we have work to do. So uh, we don't shy away from that. We, we just, we just go to work. Yeah. And that's what I was kind of alluding to. It's, it's hard to believe it's been 20 years, but man, what a path it has been and how much growth you guys have had. And I do want to dive into, you know, administration, because obviously you've got to have people who help you and help the program along the way. But before we get to that part, I kind of want to keep harping on some of the, you know, individual successes and your your ability at the program to really take people who uh you know are not on the international scene and you've made olympians and you've you know you've created a lot of national team members and really really top tier athletes a lot of college programs don't even try to necessarily change things like technique or attitude or you know toughness if you will where do you get the confidence that in just four years you can make such giant leaps and how do you instill that in the athletes yeah i think it's now the culture right that we have in the program and it's a culture of belief and it's not just words in the wind and, and not just to say oh we are this or that it's just you know and, and that's what we always talk about in recruiting in the recruiting world like just just come see it for yourself you know um, I'm, I'm not going to win the recruiting rah-rah-rah game. I'm not interested in that. That's fickle. Um, I want you to come see who we are and what we do, meet our people, right? Uh, I would say we're proud of our facilities, man, and we'll continue to evolve in that process as we just discussed shortly. But it's really, 
it's about the people that that's what we do best, you know? So I think identifying people early on, you know, I think back to, you know, I, I people ask me all the time, did you think Kelsey Worrell, Kelsey Worrell, Dahlia now, do you think Kelsey Worrell was going to be this good when you recruited her? No, no. I, I, I thought she was going to get a lot better. Uh, loved her personality, got to know her and her family early on. And we thought, man, this is going to be fun, right? It's going to be fun. And, uh, uh, and we never put a limit on things, right? Our, we've always thought this, taking this approach of it's, we're just trying to get a little bit better each and every day. And, uh, you know, when she went 50.0 and then a little bit better would have meant maybe she has a shot of breaking the America record, then we just stayed on point, right? Just, just get a little bit better. And so I think it, it allowed, uh, allowed her to, you know, to swim for 10 years, right? Four as a collegiate athlete and six more uh, until her recent retirement here to start a family. So, um, I think it's this approach of just finding people, right? Zach Harding. Um, you know, I remember when we first started recruiting Zach, he was a 203 flyer uh, at, at Junior Nationals, you know, and then uh, obviously uh, Zach's still around. Now Zach has a, you know, has an engineering degree, has a master's in engineering. Um, you know, he's got a nice safety net. And uh, if he wants to swim, he's swimming for because he wants to, right, for fun. And, uh, and I love that. He's free, right? He's free for the next two years too put himself in that position. Right. So it's, it's, it's putting people in that position is it, Mallory Comerford. I remember meeting Mallory, you know, first time and she came to my office and uh, you know, at the end of the conversation with her mom and, and, and her, we got up and we shook hands and I just remember just the impression that she made on me. And, and I, I got out here to my coaching staff and I said, whatever we do, Mallory is our number one girl, whatever it takes, we're going to find a way. Right. And uh, just love her do? personality. What, what stood out in that conversation? I want to get into the details of with Kelsey <laughs> and Zach. Like, how how do you know? Because having just spent one year trying to talk to high school kids on the phone and stuff, and I've coached high school kids for a lot longer, and it's easier when you get to know them for, you know, weeks and months and years even, you get to know them. But in just conversations, it's really hard to pinpoint that, yeah. that it factor. What did the, those three have that really stood out? Well, I think it's a combination of personality and, and, and you know, as much as I want to give you the, you know, top three items that I'm looking for, I, I don't know that I, that I can quantify that, to be honest with you. A little bit is gut, um, you know, a, a little bit is personality. A, a lot of it is connection, right? And uh, I'm very hands-on as a coach. So, um, you know, and yes, I have a phenomenal staff and, and we all kind of have our, we do a little bit of everything, but I'm everywhere, right? And, and uh, I, I think for me, it's, it's an important piece of, of the program that, that I'm, I'm connected with all parts. And, um, um, you know, and, and I think, uh, and, and then there's a background too, you know, when I, when I look at those, all those three, what they had in common and, and I could add a couple more to that list. Right. And, and uh, Nick Albiero, who, you know, never did a whole lot of doubles in high school. I knew that. Right. And he was a 143 flyer coming out of high school as a senior uh, 146 when we recruited him and, 137 is a couple of different levels, right? Um, so to me, again, you know, is understanding the background, um, you know, people who are still eager and hungry uh, to ultimately uh, move forward in the program. And that applies, honestly, to everybody who touches our program from, from athletes, yes, but coaches, right? Um, my coaching staff to the extended staff, right? To, to athletic trainer, to the strength coach, to you know, to the nutritionist, to the sports psychologist, to the massage therapist, like all the people who touch our program understand what we're trying to do. And to me, that's been, that's been a phenomenal, you know, it's a constant message. It's the same message coming from different sides. 
of what we're trying to do and how we continue to learn and get better as a program and and uh, and ultimately the sky's the limit you know so uh, and that's a big discussion, you know, hey, we want to put people on the U.S. national team. We want to put people on the Olympic team. And, and um, you know, we set those targets high. And, and we know it's, a, it's athletics, right? It's going to come down to a couple hundreds. Um, but, but to be in, in position, uh, to me, that's, that's the best thing we've been able to do, you know, put people in those positions. Um, start with a belief. And then we just we get better, right? I think, uh, you know, Gabriela Alviera was, was named recently to the national team and, you know, top six and you know, two years ago, that was so far, so far, right? To now she's put herself in that position and and you see her progression, right? She had a good fir- first year, COVID and all that, but then massive improvement as a sophomore. Momentum now, right? Momentum. That's the beautiful thing. When you have it, it's like the golden goose egg, man. You got to protect that thing, you know? And and, uh, and it, we work hard to create it, right? And then maybe work harder to keep it. So it's an ongoing process. And I, I think you know, back to your question earlier, I don't know that, I think we, we have continued to evolve. We don't, we don't run the same thing over and over and over, right? And I think even Kelsey, yes, there's some there's some things that are non-negotiable for me and from a physiology and training and progression that I, I believe that have worked. So we keep that, that framework, but within that, there's a lot of freedom to create and to adjust and, and to have, you know, guide people in an in a, in a ownership process. So, you know, it's a long answer to your question. I don't know if I really answered your question, um, but but ultimately, again, it's just something unique that you can't measure, but you see it, you know, you do your homework, and sometimes you just jump, right? And you don't get it all, always right, but um, I get that, you know, and, and we always say, if we have the right heart, I don't know where we can go together, but I love that challenge, right, to find out. Let's go find out. Are there any red red flags that come up when you're recruiting that you're like, okay, that's something that I probably want to stay away from. That's something that doesn't work in this program. Um, you know, I, I think a team first attitude, which is which is somewhat counterintuitive to high level athletes in a very individual sport. We understand that. I think every one of our success stories to a T, and some that you know, and a lot that you don't know about, right? Because they didn't make the the swim swim cut. Um, they, it really kind of boils down to the same thing, right? It's, it's, it's people partnering. It's, it's, is this concept of team first attitude. I think I, I, I'll give you a little side note in 2012, we went to trials. 2008 was my first Olympic trials at Louisville. Um, you know, and, and, uh, we took five people and that was incredible, right? It was great experience. We're there. We're taking pictures, like we're buying the shirts. I was like, oh, this is awesome. You know, we, we came to trials, man. What a great experience. Well, we came back from that and we're like, wait a minute, we, we can do better than that, right? So let's let's think about bring a bigger group, right? So in 2012, I think we had we had something like 16, 18, and and we went in and, and it was completely broken down, you know, budgets and and we're committed. We we pay for trials, you know, it's it's a big budget item for us. Um we believe that's part of the deal. So um and we have people coming in and out and it was a little fracture. We never had a team feel to it. And I, it was a painful lesson. It was not a great trials for it. Not granted, we didn't have anybody really, they were gonna make the team, but but I recognize that's what we do best. We're, we're a team, right? So we will continue to go, we go to meets like that. So 2016, um, our plan was to bring 30 people. And I think we're a little shy of that. I think we have 26, but we went as a team. And when Kelsey World lined up for the final of the Hunter Fly, and everybody knew what was at stake. It wasn't just Kelsey. It was, hey, this is the whole team, right? 
And um, so I think that that's been a big part of our program and, and uh, just do things together. So early on in the recruiting process, we're very outspoken about our expectations, right? And so if that's a turnoff for somebody, great. Uh, you know, that then would just help the process for everybody, right? So that's a big part of that. You're really building three teams or you've built three teams. You have a men's team, a women's team, and then a combined team. And, you know, each of those is a unique beast in itself. How do you balance coaching men, building men in an environment where that team can bond together, coaching women in an environment where they can come together as a, as a women's team, and then figuring out, you know, that supportive overall kind of umbrella culture that is the combined program. How, how does that balance work for you? You know, I, I think you, you got to read the room, right? And probably I like to think that on my, you know, 27th year of college coaching, um, I, I can read the room a little bit better, right? To understand what each team needs. And, and sometimes, sometimes there might be similar things. A lot of the times they're very different things, right? And so you have to find the balance. I love the way you put that. I don't know if I ever really thought that. It's really three teams. You are correct, right? Because I think there's great power in a combined situation, right? And I think, I think when, when you have some great matchups, I think, again, going back to Kelsey, Kelsey was the fastest flyer in the U.S., you know, during that period, first woman under 50. Well, who is she going to train with? Who's going to challenge her? Well, we had four, four guys that were 46 or better in the 100 flight. And every day, those guys were swimming for their lives because Kelsey was coming for them, right? It was fun for, for her and probably not as fun for them, um, but it made everybody better. So in that, set, in that sense, I think the, the, the combined program is, is a great setting. It's it really a challenging environment for everybody involved. But then there's times where it's, you really, you really got to create that bond to your point where, you know, this is about the women's team and the men's team separately. So we, we do enough things that are separate, right? And, and uh, from early season team retreats, women separate, men, different days, uh, occasionally trips, you know, uh, separate meets, even though most of everything is combined now, including ACCs. Um, that's a different dynamics for sure. But but I think there's this, it's creating that identity, you know, in, in having sometimes it's practices that are, you know, women only practice and then men come later, right? And we alternate that. And, and so having a balance and, and really, you know, being connected to what's happening in your team. I think that's that's been important for us, uh, having a great group of leaders. And, uh, you know, we always say whether you're captain or not, you know, upperclassmen are leaders. And uh, we want we want to hear their feedback and their input. And uh, and we we listen and we make changes, you know, probably not as often as they think we do, but more often than I was initially willing to. Right. So it's a good compromise. Um, but I think that's the most important thing is 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 when they own that right as a group. So. When the women's team come in and say, hey, coach, uh, you know, it's time for us to do a little women only practice. we got to address a couple of things or we really want to work together that day. I'm listening. Right. That makes sense to me. Yeah, it's got to be it's got to be kind of a fluid situation, I'm sure. Um, I, I, you've had your own kids in the program, which is pretty unique. And I think it says a lot about the family atmosphere that you promote and live um, was it always the plan that your kids, I know that your wife was a successful swimmer um, collegiately as well. Was it always the plan that they would be involved in the sport? Uh, not at all. You know, I think we, knowing the sport, you know this, Gary, you've been through it. Uh, as a parent, you know what that means, right? You know the commitment that it takes in our sport. Um, the time, the effort, the energy, the ups and downs. Swimming can be a, a very tough sport. So early on, we we just 
the only thing we we wanted to do early is is water safety and, and really make sure that our kids were safe should they fall in the water should they you know th those horror stories that you hear about drownings uh that that that's silly right that does not it's such a simple skill and um that that's actually a side note but that's one of the reasons why you know my wife really we, we opened a swim school about four years ago and, and it's really about that right water safety you know as a starting point so um but but for our kids early on we just want them to be comfortable in the water be safe and comfortable and and um you know and as it happens often you know our kids love the water and uh if we went on vacation somewhere if we travel to go visit my in-laws in florida and we spend the night in a hotel halfway uh we had to stay that was our only requirement dad we have to stay at a hotel with a pool and we will stop at you know sometimes it'll be like 10 30 11 p.m the pool is technically closed no, no no we're going for a swim you know our kids just love being in the water so um, you know, we try to respond to that. We expose them to a lot of different things. Uh, you know, and I have I have a third son. My oldest son is 27, and uh, you know, he was the pioneer really to come into the program. He's my he's my warrior kid. You know, he had some massive health problems early on. He had a hip replacement at age 14. Uh, we went through it as as parents. You know, we we spent 30 days in in the hospital with them and uh, lived there. We just lived in the hospital. It was it was crazy. Um, and uh, amazing support by this community in the city of Louisville. So many people came to support us and, uh, you know, and, and help. And so, you know, he chose to come back to swimming for different reasons. Uh, he was out of the sport for a long time, came back a little bit towards high school and wanted to swim in college all of a sudden and became a new thing and, and worked hard to get into it. And, and I was pretty brutally honest with him. You know, I took him to a, to a breakfast uh, before he was trying to make a decision. Like I painted the worst possible scenario and he's like, okay, I can deal with that. Right. And, and he was a walk on and he came in and man, he battled. He got a lot better. And it happened that we just had a ton of freestylers during that, that period of time. And he never really got on the relay, but he'll be the first one to tell you he, he had a phenomenal experience and, and really got to probably the best thing for me. Right. I, I, it was his understanding why I do what I do and why the time, you know, the, the times that I was away from home, what, what was I doing? Right. So he got to understand that. And I think it was, uh, it was um, certainly, you know, rewarding as a parent that uh, your kid, like, I understand why you do what you do. You love it. Right. And, and, and so all those days that you're not home, you know, or you miss this or you miss that, you miss a lot. Right. It's a, it's a brutal sport when it comes to family. So uh, luckily for me, my kids were involved. But early on, we just exposed to everything. And, uh, and, and ultimately, they all came back to swimming in different ways, you know, and Stefan did a bunch of different things, came back to the sport. Nicholas. Um, you know, tried a bunch of different sports, didn't love anything. Violin was his thing. He was a great violin player and, um, you know, really kind of split time between swimming and violin until we got to a point where his high school teacher tried to squeeze him and, and put him to uh, move to first chair. And, and he had to make a decision. He had to go on Saturdays and after school, he's like, no, 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 I, then I'm going to go swim. Right. It was his decision. And, uh, and Gabby played a little volleyball and, you know, we, we just, we try to keep it fun, you know, and, and, it was tough because they both swim for their, for their mom, right? All three of them swim for their mom. My wife is, is a head coach of Cardinal Aquatics and, and really the, the age group coach, you know, she loves to stay in the 12 and unders, but you know, if your mom's the coach, it's hard to skip practice, you know? And, and, uh, but we've always had a deal like, Hey, if one of them said, Hey, I don't want to go today. No problem. You, you, you do what you need to do. Right. But what else are you going to do instead? Right. We always had this and you don't have to swim. Absolutely not, but you got to do something. Right. We want to do some kind of activity that helps you grow and, and expose you to other things besides the formal, 
you know, classroom education, I, I believe in, I believe in sports, obviously, but, you know, um, we, we wanted to bring them to it. So our early, our early goal was just to expose them to the water to be safe. And then, of course, one thing leads to another and, you know, and here we are. And, and I, I credit all three of my kids because they, they are the ones that had to adjust to my world, right? My role as a head coach, I'm the head coach. I have to make some tough decisions and, and uh, people are going to, you know, sometimes in the locker room after a tough practice and uh, the vitriol might, might not be the most positive about the head coach. And, and they had to be prepared for all that, you know, and so they, they, they did a phenomenal job of separating things. You know, I, I got a great tip early on from Greg Troy about one of these kids, I think was roommates with Ryan Lochte and they had a pretty strict rule. Like, no, I never want to know anything. And uh, so I had that open discussion with all three of my kids and um, they've done too good of a job. I never can get any scoop, you know, so I'm, I'm the last one to find out on everything. And, uh, but I think it's, it's, it's been awesome for them to, to be themselves. Right. And I think we always say, you know, and the fact that they chose to come to Louisville, you know, and um, for me, obviously it's a great honor, but ultimately I, I knew as a parent, once they made that decision, they were going to be with great people all around great athletes, but the, system and the structure was going to be phenomenal uh, from that standpoint, from the educational standpoint to the personal growth to ultimately swim fast. That's the consequence, right? So as, as parents, we're, we're proud of our kids and, uh, you know, and, and they've had to battle. It, it hasn't been easy for any of them and, you know, and, and it's ebbs and flows that we all know, you know, so uh, I, I love that part of the process. Was it success? I mean, they, they have great genes, obviously. Was it success that kept bringing them back to the pool, you think? The gene pool certainly broke to the mom side. That's the good news. My wife was the NCAA swimmer of the year in Division Two, you know, many moons ago now, and and so um, I, I, she was just a heck of an athlete, you know, Ironman athlete, triathlete. Um, I, I watched the Ironman. I was exhausted watching her. You know, it was an all-day affair, man. That was crazy, and she was working the whole time, right? Uh, so that that's that's who she is. But ultimately, I think you know it, it's. They probably had a little bit of success early, but, but you know, the, the thing that keeps people in swimming early on, it, it's not the medals, it's not the, the times, it's the camaraderie with the group, right? It's like you, you bond with a certain group and you grow together. And I think both, both Nick and Gabby, mostly Gabby really even more, had a little group of, you know, girls that they grew up since they were like eight years old. And they grew up swimming together all the way through. Um, and, and she got to be on a relay with Kaylee Wheeler, you know, at Yovel. Uh, somebody that was on the relay with her in, in Cardinal. So it's pretty cool, but I, I think that's the biggest thing. We, you know, we, we just wanted to empower our kids to have a, a great experience and whatever it was going to be uh, swimming or otherwise that that's what, that's what I was, uh, you know, our commitment was as parents. Did any of them seriously look at other universities to swim at? That's a tough one, right? Because um, I think people assume that, well, you know, Nick was doing pretty well, you know, at the time of recruitment and, uh, you know, a few people reached out to him, but, but I, I was disappointed actually, to be honest, that, that, uh, you know, there's a lot of coaches out there that I know well, and people that knew that had some connections from, from our, my years at Kenyon college, they were coaching in different places and, and, um, you know, a form letter wasn't going to do it, you know, it had to be personal and, and so didn't really move the needle as much. I think it was a tough one for me. I just try to stay out of the way. Right. Um, because, you know, I, my mom, my wife kind of, you know, okay, mom's going to handle the recruiting piece of the, the nuts and bolts. And then my coaching staff are the ones that talk to them and schedule calls and, you know, follow the process. I mean, we took nothing for granted from that standpoint, but 
I stay far away, right? And every once in a while, I'll get a question. What about this school? And I'll be like, I, I don't know about that. I know too much. I don't, I don't know. I didn't want to say anything bad. It was like, no, nah, I don't I, You talk to, talk to other coaches. I don't know. Right. And, and, um, but, but nobody really in earnest reached out to, to, to either of them. And, and so I don't know if it was out of respect or fear, uh, but either way, um, you know, I think even with that, I, we, we still try to push him to, to explore other things. Right. And, and uh, at the end of the day, they all came to their own decision, uh, you know, on their own had to be right. And you talked a little bit about the line that you kind of had to draw, you know, for them in the locker room, the line of communication to you and everything. But I mean, even having kids changes you as a coach to a certain degree, but how did coaching your kids and continuing to coach your kids, um, how does it change you as a coach having that perspective and how you deal with kids and how you, you know, communicate with a team and the values that you're implementing? Obviously, that's always been a big piece of your success is your, your, your values as a coach and what you bring. I've talked to a lot of your coaches um, and that's a big piece of what they say you bring to the table. But how has coaching your own kids changed your coaching? Yeah, you know, early on, um, you know, when we first established right, the program at Louisville, I, I, I don't I didn't know if my kids were going to swim. But but in the back of my mind, my filter was, you know, I, I want to build a program that as a coach, I'm proud. And if and when my kids were ever interested in swimming and they would want to join that, that I will be proud. Right. Because we have a great environment. So that was my filter from early on. Um, and, and a lot of people can talk about, oh, we have a great family environment. We live that, right? Literally, we live that now. My kids are being part of it. But, but even before that, you know, it, it's an environment of respect. It's an environment of trust. Um, it's an environment of high level communication, you know? And I always say, look, we're, I always say, we're, this is not jail. You can come and go, right? Um, I, I just expect communication. And uh, I, I think that's a big part of this to, to empower, right? Empower athletes to know that, um, we trust them, right? And, and vice versa. So, um, you know, I, I, again, I don't know if, if from my standpoint early on, it, it's just creating, again, this setting that, you know, what's right is always right, right? And so we, we kind of took that to heart and, and built the program with that and established some guidelines and created some, you know, policies and guidelines of things that, hey, you know, we missed some mark here. We need to do a better job. And, and it's not perfect, right? Far from it. But I think I'm, I'm proud and I'm proud that my kids are part of it. So, you know, having my kids on the team, um, I don't know if it changed anything for me, to be honest. I think certainly early on, you know, I, I had, I, I had, you know, uh, my oldest son, you know, kind of about, he's, he's about as old as my coaching career. So uh, I've had kids all along since I started coaching. And, um, you know, I, I think it, it does make you a better coach. I, I believe that um, it makes you a little bit more thoughtful. You know, it makes you a little bit more patient and, um and really understand, right, that uh, that the th the message you're passing, it's not just about what I'm saying, but it, how is how is it going to be received? And I think that that comes with a little bit of wisdom as a coach and a little bit of time um, to be able to recognize those things and, and and say the same thing six different ways until you get them to understand what you're saying, you know. And and uh, and that's the beauty of having a coaching staff that brings so much different dynamics uh, that. You know, and we speak the same language. And, you know, for the longest time, we've had a really consistent staff for nine, 10 years. It was the same, same staff. And uh, now we've had some changes. And quite frankly, it's been awesome. It's been fantastic, right? New energy, new ideas. Um, 
it's been a big plus. So, you know, it's part of learning and adapting. That's real life, right? I think for all of us, we have to continue to adjust and adapt. And, and, and I think for the athletes, if they have that mindset early on, these, this is a life skill, right? That you're going to be willing to be open to learn, adjust, communicate, adapt to different changes and uh, being flexible, right? Such an important characteristic in life. For sure. And I think that's a big piece of what kids teach you. It's the process of letting go of control to a certain degree. And like you said, it's not jail. They have the freedom to come and go as long as they're communicating. Um, and, you know, the further you get along, the more you realize you're not in control of every single piece as much as you want to be. So it makes a lot of sense in that in that uh, frame. Uh, I kind of want to keep on that, like, how have you evolved as a coach over these 20 years. And you talked about having a staff that keeps you fresh with new ideas, but how do you learn um, and keep things fresh after 27 years of coaching? <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, I, I think it's, we, we all goes to, we all to go, go to ebbs and flows a little bit of uh, part of the experience, you know, and I think, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm very much, I'm very driven, right. Personally, um, and, and, and I always use this, you know, a couple of different things along the way, really kind of changed the course for me and, and my motivation and, and to prove, I'm not trying to prove anything to anyone, but, but to prove that we can build a program in, in a, in a, in a, in an environment that has zero history, right. We, we're still, we're still in that mode, right. We're still proving we're still, and now more than ever, I mean, our athletic department has been fantastic. I think our, our women's programs were uh, top 10 in the country in terms of all sports, uh, you know, and, and, and it says a lot about, you know, the environment and, and volleyball went to the, you know, went to the final game, you know, they're running up in NCAAs and, and field hockey was top four and, and, uh, you know, women's soccer has been in Sweet 16 and women's basketball final four. And it's like, man, this, this vibe is, is amazing here. Right. So it's, it's part of that. We got to keep our, you know, we've earned some respect, you know, and, and I tell them like, you know, if this is, if swimming was basketball, you, you put a statue for us, right? Because in seven out of eight years, when the elite eight, right? If this is basketball, you have a statue, right? A final four finish, right? We have a trophy or a top four in NCAAs. So, but it's, you know, to me is the consistency of how can we continue to be better? And, and it sounds so simple and cliche, but I don't, right? To me, that's what I would say. Look, I've, I'm, I've been doing this for a little bit, but the fire uh, maybe maybe is burning, you know, uh, stronger than ever, right? This this season, and and I feel like it's always a great challenge, you know, to take a new group, and how can we develop, right? This, this you know, this bunch of no names, right? How can we develop this crew and and uh, and have them show up when it counts? So I love that challenge. That that's what motivates me. That's my passion, right? To watch people do some crazy things, maybe beyond even what they believe, and um, you know, and there's a lot of teaching that goes in that, right? And in and a lot of reaching out, a lot of connecting, a lot of guidance and, and, um, and, but you got to challenge them too, you know, so I'm not afraid to challenge people and, and be upfront and honest. I, that's the thing I've learned a long time ago that no, and I try to be as upfront as I possibly can. Um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I, I may not sugarcoat it, right. But, but there's different people that can handle certain deliveries, but no matter what, I, I try to be upfront and honest, right? And if it's good, I say it's good. And if it's not good, I say, okay, that's not good. We got to figure it out, right? But but no matter what, it's in a partnership mode, and I I think that's important for the athletes to know, hey, you you're not you're not doing this for me, right? I'm, I'm here with you, but you're not doing it for me. What's something new that the program is doing this year, or you've changed in the last two years that has kept it fresh, and something that you're excited about with this group? 
Well, you know, I, I think we, we sometimes even within the framework, you know, we're always looking for different things that, that can be a little bit better. I think that this year is unique uh, in many ways, right? I have, uh, I have two new coaches uh, that are bringing a lot of different ideas to the table. That, that was definitely an exciting piece for me. Um, but then, you know, we're revamping the schedule quite a bit, you know, so it's uh, uh, honestly, again, going back to uh, old school, I'm taking an extra morning off. Right. Uh, Friday mornings. Normally it was a day we did some work and uh, we're taking Friday morning off. Part of it is, you know, um, I feel like for the most part, it was it was good work. We're, we're still doing some of the, the, the work, the meat and potatoes are the work that fit in there. We're just distributing a little bit more. But, you know, I, the one thing I learned a lot this past year, um, you know, mental health obviously was a topic worldwide and uh, certainly it was a, a, a huge um learning curve for, for all of us here, you know, and, and I think uh, I have a good friend who is a CFO of a hospital, local hospital here. And, and he said, Arthur, it wasn't a university of Louisville problem. It was a worldwide problem. And, and even our hospital, amazing hospital uh, system was not prepared to handle it. So, um, you know, we, we've done a lot of things here internally as a university. I mean, we're hiring, you know, we're hiring, we're hiring 10 mental health professionals, five, they're going to deal with sports psychology and five, they're going to be strictly to mental health. But all these guys kind of inter intertwine. So, uh, you know, and two directors, one for mental health and one for 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 sports performance. So, um, man, we it's you know, they're listening right, to the things we, we brought up. And, and so I feel like the support, again, continues to be second to none from that standpoint. But changing the schedule has to do with a little bit more sleep. Right. Sleep and mental health or lack of sleep and mental health are highly connected. Well, 6 a.m. practices are not the most conducive right? For sleeping. So what can we do about that? Well, 8 a.m. classes don't change. They're still 8 a.m. classes. So, you know, can, can we be smarter? Can we, can we be more effective? And uh, I think that's one thing we learned during COVID, right? I and mean, we had massive limitations on training and what we could do. And, and yet, um, I mean, we had a phenomenal season. We swam fast, right? We had a great year. We won our first NCAA title on the relay, you know, our sec, our second top five finish out of the three years. Um, you know, it was great run, you know, from, from, from the team. So I think it's just part of, again, adjusting, understanding what's, what's the new reality, but, but paying attention, not just to what's happening here. Um, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I, I talked to a lot of different coaches uh, and I just outside, outside swimming, right. I mean, you have a great relationship here with, you know, baseball coach, tennis coach, track and field. Uh, and so there's a lot of information that I feel like we can exchange that we see trends and we can, we can borrow ideas from each other, right? And, and uh, uh, I think that's been a big part of this. So does that mean you guys are only doing two mornings a week, two doubles a week? Uh, we're doing Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning is off, and then Thursday morning. So we still have three doubles. We used Got to do it. four all across. Sprint, distance, they just look different. You know, some of those are powered mornings, but it's still morning, right? And, and, and we always pride ourselves on being ready to swim fast in the morning. So that made sense to get up and go fast at 6 a.m. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, we're going to try, right? We're going to try something a little bit different here. And I think the, the, the reason I know is the right thing, Gary, because when I announced it to the team, I saw the excitement, not because they're trying to get away from work. That's not what this group is about. But understanding that, man, that there's a recognition that this is going to make a difference. It's important, right? And so um, – I like that. I mean, I, I like, you know, I, my, my number one role, I feel, is to empower, right? I'm, I'm an educator. 
I'm a teacher. I'm, I, my number one role is to empower these kids to be grown adults, right? To make their own decisions, to, to, to know what they need to do, who they are, right? I'll go as far as, you know, I'll meet warm up, you know, do you give, no, at a championship time, I'm, you do your own meet warm up. We spend all season building, right? When we guide you through that process, what, what is important for you? And I always like to talk about stages of warm up and there's different things that we, we have to hit, but how much time and, you know, volume, if you will, you spend in each category is, is such a relative to trusting yourself that day, right? So empowering them to feel that way. Because let me tell you, when you're going to go to, it just happened here a couple weeks ago, if you're going to go to Australia and none of our coaches are there, you better know what you need, right? And you better be able to communicate that to the national team coaches. Hey, I need this. I'm, I got 650s. I'm going on the top. I need tempo and stroke count and, you know, and, and I'm going to descend. And so you need to be able to communicate those things to, to, to you know, random coaches, if you will, right? Uh, not your typical coaches. And, and it's, again, it's empowering as to what you can do, who you are as an athlete. What are some of your staples that you really look at physiologically that the team needs? And especially early season, as you're putting some of those foundational pieces in place, what are some of the non-negotiables, um, you know, to help young coaches like myself trying to put together a season plan? What are some things that you really believe in that you've seen work over these years? Well, and I, you know, I, look, physiology is physiology, right? No matter how much people change, um, you know, I, I have a master's in physiology. That that's that's the way the body works, right? The body's not different today because we have, you know, X, Y, and Z different things going on. I mean, so how do you prepare the body, right? And I think if, if you look at our team, we're not typically the dual meet champions. Far from it, right? Um, and uh, I'm okay with that, right? Because you look at what we did this past year, you know, with, I mean, the, the women certainly, you know, see this 12th going into NCAAs and finish sixth. Um, you know, we just swim better, right? But that's a decision we have made for this season. That's a decision we already have made two weeks ago at our team retreat, right? And I think the team understands that. So, uh, you know, we're going to work and we're going to work through dual meets. I mean, I yes, I expect us to swim fast and be competitive in a dual meet, but it's part of the progression, you know, the, the, the dual meets fill, fill into the kind of the overall progression. So to me, you know, there, there's still got to be a component of fitness and aerobic development. I think probably fitness more than ever. Um, you know, the game has changed a little bit, especially short course. Uh, you can see how athleticism can make up for a lot of things. Long course uh, is still about swimming, right? It's, it's you got to be a good swimmer to swim long course. There's no way around that. And so there's a fine balance, which for us, again, I, I believe in long course training. So, you know, that's one of the benefits of having, you know, a, a standalone athletic department facility for swimming. Like we dictate our schedule and we swim long course pretty much year round. It's, it's never, you know, for me, people ask, oh, how's the transition to long course season? And I'm, I'm always baffled. Like, what do you mean? Like, it's not really that different. You know, we, we have a great balance of long course, short course, and it's consistent, you know, in, in the long course season in the summer, we still have some short course power work that I think is really valuable, you know? So finding that balance of what works for you, probably at one point I was all about long course. And then, you know, like um, we found that if you can find a balance, um, I think it keeps things a little bit fresher too for, for everybody, but, but we keep that component, right? I mean, Monday mornings, long course, Thursday mornings, long course, Saturday mornings, long course, no matter what's happening, right? We've, you know, in an Olympic year or an important trial year, we'll run a long course practice from, you know, six to 
7.30 and then a short course practice 7.30 to 9, something like that, right? And we are adjust to people's schedule. Or, or we flip-flop if there's more people that need short course. Short course is early and then we switch the pool to long course and then we switch back. So we, we're not afraid to move our pool around and, and uh, we, we have good support here internally to be able to do that. Can you give me an example of, I mean, this morning, if you guys did long course, I know and I kind of want to get to the transition that your pool's going through, but I want details, Arthur. I want to know what you guys are doing and what that fitness means to you, especially early season week three, um, trying to lay that foundation. What is, you know, either an early, like Monday morning or good long course set that you guys have done in the first three weeks here? Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and, and again, you know, this is a, this is an unusual season. It's another big change, right? Because right now with our pool, uh, under under construction here and uh, it was a plan maintenance and you know when do you ever find six weeks to shut a pool down so uh, we had to pick uh, the, the 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 better the lesser evil which is you know into the summer I know there's some pools in in the vicinity that I can use any other time it can get really tricky you know so we're okay with that I'm good for the team to start with swimming outdoors it's fun right now uh, you know first couple of weeks we got to use uh, uh, the quarry at Lakeside Swim Club they're very kind to work with us and and we swim some long course there. It's a, it's a very unique pool. And there's currents everywhere. So, you know, times don't mean anything there. You know, you just, you're just swimming. And, uh, and uh, it, was, it was a good experience to, to change things up early, you know. So, you know, we have certain markers that, that I follow, you know, old school. You know, I swim for Ernie McGlisco my freshman year. And, uh, you know, I am that guy. You know, my wife always calls me a swim nerd because I am that guy. I read swim books. And, and uh, you know, uh, Ernie wrote a lot of books on theory. And, and uh, you know, and I... Before we go into taper, I, I go back and I read the, the taper chapter, right? Chapter 11. And, um, you know, just to make sure my plan's correct and I'm not missing anything. The things that I'm paying attention to are, in fact, the things that, that should be there. And, um, you know, I, I, I believe in that, right? And so even though my gut, and after doing this for a little bit, you have a pretty good gut. And I'm not afraid to use that too, right? And I, I have this plan. I come in, I see something that doesn't look right. I'm like, no, nope, I'm not doing that today. We're going to change it. Uh, we're going to save it for tomorrow or we're going to scrap it. Like it doesn't make sense. And so uh, I think being willing for that, I think, you know, it, we, we, we base it on the old school, you know, John or kind of variation, Jim Steen, my early years at Kenyon college, you know, Jim kind of had his own color chart. I was a play of our and and kind of the a three red zone, you know, that, that threshold work. I mean, I'm, I, I base a lot of everything we do. It's, it's off of threshold up or down. Right. So that's the, that's kind of the common denominator. And then we go up or down, depending again, who you are and what you do, you go further up or you further down. Right. And, 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 and it's part of that, that process, but, you know, I think especially at this stage of the season, uh, things are fairly general. Our priority right now, it's really uh, fitness and it's a lot of things out of the, out of the pool, you know, so we have two, two sessions that are, you know, with our strength and, and well, his, his official title is a uh, performance coach, uh, coach Jason was being with us for, um, over 17 years of being working with swimming. That's unusual, right? Um, to have a, a, a guy who truly understands the sport and who's a difference maker, you know, and, and now he's the director of Olympic sports performance. Um, he oversees, you know, all the Olympic sports, but the only sport that he hands, he's hands on with is swimming. So it's, it's a, it's a great, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's an honor. No, no question. Cause this guy is, he's legit, right? He gets the sport. He understands and, and, uh, he, you know, it's about bringing, bringing different things to the table. So two mornings a week right now, that's the only thing we're doing, right? Is that uh, it's an hour and a half of just, you know, it's coach Jason special, right? And it, it's a, there's a little bit of everything you can think of. I think that's part of the fun. It's, 
you know, the, again, there's some blocks that he builds on, um, but they, they look different, you know, and, and it's really about building team. I think that's an important piece for us too. Uh, doing a lot of work as teams. So there's, there's some, some little different things, activities in there that he throws in that are kind of silly and simple, but require very good team precision. And, uh, and he's a stickler for it. So he holds them to it. So, you know, but, but to me, I, I, again, I'm a little bit old school when it comes to, man, if you have a good aerobic base, right. Cause look, aerobic base is also the foundation for long course swimming. Right. And, and goes back to what we we're talking earlier. So thinking globally, how are we going to get kids ready for, you know, trials in, in June next year? Well, that process, you know, has already started. It's a continuation. Uh, but the work that we're doing now, it's, it's about that ultimate goal, right? Yes, there's NCAAs along the way. Trust me, I'm a collegiate program. I get that. But it's, it's, it's one of the things we're focusing on, but it's not the only thing. And I, I think that's different, right, than, than, than a lot of places out there. So um, that's our focus is to put people in position. You know, and, and uh, they, they got to be crazy enough to believe they can. What's the next step for Louisville? You guys, like you said, crack the top five, crack the top 10. You know, you've been building this from what was, you know, very limited program when you first got there in Conference USA to an ACC powerhouse. What's the next step for Louisville? Oh, I think it's a, it's a little bit more of a little bit more consistency, right? Uh, I'm aware of that. Can, can we be a team that's literally uh, in the mix for a top four finish every year, right? Um, nothing to do with the other teams out there. Great respect, amazing coaches, good friends. Um, we're just trying to do us, right? We're just trying to be the best Louisville that we can be. And, and uh, you know, sometimes, you know, we, we know we can't control what anybody else does. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't like to read swim swim because I don't like to know what everybody else is doing. I'm, my energy has to be on my people, right? Uh, and I, I'm not that guy who's paying attention. Oh, did you see what somebody went in a dual meet elsewhere? I don't care, right? I don't care. My staff knows, like, don't even bring it to me. It's not a point of discussion. I don't care. And I don't want the team to be worried about that, right? I want the energy to be on what can we do today um, to, to, to continue to get better, right? And I think it's easier said than done sometimes. Um, you know, you guys have a lot of followers, and, and, uh, and, and as you should, right? you guys do the really good work. And so, um, you know, but I think it, it's, Again, staying focused on the task at hand sounds so simple and silly and cliche, but what can we do today, right, for this group right here, right now, to give us a chance to then, you know, be in that position to fight to be a top four team every year, right? And, and uh, again, no disrespect on much of the contrary, amazing respect, right, for, for some of those programs that have been there for a long time. I mean, but, but we're still the new kids on the block, right? Um, if, if you were to talk about, you know, again, the last 10 years maybe, but if you look at, you know, what are the teams that really came from nowhere? And, and in some cases, some teams had history in the past and they were able to revive that, but we had none. And when I say none, I run into alumni and they're like, man, thanks. Because when I wear my Louisville swimming shirt or my cap and I'm going to master's practice, people are like, oh, you swim at Louisville. Wow, you must have been good. Like, no, we're the old Louisville, right? And like, no, that's not true, man, right? Because it's all connected. Um, but, but certainly – you know, it, it take a lot of pride in, in that, you know, and, and I think beyond that, right. Obviously, Gary, this is, we're talking about swimming here, but I like to think that what we do best is here is, is through swimming, right. Through swimming, we empower people to go be successful in life. And, and to me, there's just as much joy, right. Of, yes. I mean, winning NCAA titles and doing some of those crazy things we've done, putting people on the Olympic team. I mean, those are incredible experience. They never get old. Right. Um, but, you know, to me, when, 
you know, hey, coach, I got into medical school and, uh, you know, I got accepted into the top physical therapy school in the country or, you know, I got accepted into, uh, you know, the, the, the top uh, uh, civil engineering program in the country or, you know, like two girls won NCAA postgraduate scholarships this past year out of the 16 that NCAA gives out per season. Man, that's that's good stuff. Right. That's good stuff. So, yes, we want to be measuring in, in, in uh, you know, in, 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 in seconds and in tenths. But at the end of the day. Sometimes those things don't go your way, but it doesn't mean that you didn't have a great success, right? And, and putting, again, helping people be successful. That's, that's the ultimate, again, the filter is how do we help you be successful, right? As a student athlete showing up day one, as, as a young kid, like, like this freshman class we have right now, so raw, right? Every day is like, oh my goodness, you know, and simple things that we just have to teach, but that's okay. That's part of the process. Speaking of success for people in the program, you've had a lot of coaches who have, come up under you and gone on to, you know, head coaching positions all over the country with top programs. You've got quite the coaching tree that you have uh, started in, in a lot of regards, but how exciting is that for your legacy and just for the, the whole mission of you as a coach and your program and how tough is it to have to replace good people every year? Cause you make it seem so simple. Everybody who touches the program understands the mission and is a good person and this and that, but that's not easy to duplicate and, and find the right people for how do you balance, you know, like say, being happy for the coaches for their opportunity, but also, you know, your new task of finding somebody to replace them. Yeah. Yeah. You, you make me sound like an old man, Garrett. I'm, I'm not even 50 yet, man. Um, you know, legacy, man, legacy. When you say legacy, I think of, you know, Jack Byerly, Greg Troy, right? I mean, these guys are legends in the sport and, and, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm far from that. You know, I, I think. I don't I'm think proud. so. You better get used to it. You better get used <laughs> I'm, to it. I'm proud of being legend in the sport. So, and I, I respect the heck out of the fact that you're not even 50 yet. So that's, that's that, great man. perspective for everybody, but you're, uh, your results and your your coaching tree speak for themselves. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, I, I I I appreciate your kind words. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, it, it's it's uh, I'm proud. I'm proud of, of of these guys, and and you know, we keep in touch. It, it's a fine line because now we're competitors. You know, and uh, uh, that that's the tough part. You know, they they know a lot about me and what we do with the program, and and you know, it's it's kind of funny. You know. Um, all of a sudden, you know, like we've always done a team retreat to begin the season. Hmm, now Auburn does a team retreat. Oh, Notre Dame has a team retreat too. Oh, <laughs> interesting how that works, right? Um, and I love that, right? Because and, and to me, I think that is a great compliment because that was something that's important for us. It made a difference, right? So I applaud those guys for, man, I, I borrow a lot of ideas from different people I worked with, right? Jim Steen, probably one of the, the most influential in my career, just because I was really ready to to start my coaching career. So I was learning, right? I was a sponge learning from everything this guy was doing. And uh, I find myself, even today, I was talking to someone, you know, I'm quoting Jim Steen, right? Certain, certain sentences that he used and, and um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm living it, right? This is 20 some years later since I've been uh, away from Kenyon College and I still remember those, those vivid conversations. So, um, but I, you know, I, I think that's part of the mission too, right, Garrett, is to help people be successful. So if that's really true, then it's not just about the student athletes, right? It's about the coaches that come in. And, and uh, you know, I, one of the coolest things, I mean, I have a couple of volunteer coaches that are, man, these guys are great coaches and, and they're ready, right? But they, they're here, they're learning. Uh, and when I say volunteer, they're volunteer. They're somehow surviving, 
And, um, you know, but they love the idea of being here and get some learning, get some exposure um, and uh, and taking those ideas. Right. They're going to be prepared for, for opportunities coming their way. So, you know, I, I take that to heart. I take it as a great uh, source of pride here that, uh, you know, a, a number of our, our coaches have, have gone on to to be able to run their own programs. And, I, and I'm their I'm their number one fan. Right. I, I want nothing more than to see, um, you know, guys that have come through our program to be very successful and, um, you know, good people, first and foremost. Right. And, and so when it's all said and done, right, swimming comes and goes and and, uh, you know, results are uh, changed from here and there. But but the people, right, uh, the relationships that, that I've had with these guys and and, uh, and to be able to, you know, to be able to share ideas still. Right. And I think that's one of the things I've always appreciated for Jim and granted, I wasn't competing against Kenyon college coming into Louisville was a little different league. Right. But, but I've always called on Jim, right. And I still do. Right. And, and, uh, about a different ideas and crazy ideas or, you know, Hey, am I missing something or sometimes talk me off the ledge, man, you know, and, um, and, uh, he's been awesome, right. To, to be available. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to play that role for those guys as they go through it. And I hope they can, they, they know they can count on me, right, to be able to give them some truth and, and, and guidance. And, and I only offer guidance because probably I've made the same mistakes at some point along the way. So uh, I've learned from them, and, and that's the best part, you know. But I think at the end of the day, it's not, you know, our strength coach, Coach Jason, that talks about this all the time. It's not so much about what, what we do. I mean, everybody does, everybody does battle ropes. Everybody does this. Everybody does, you know, the, the exercise with the internet, everything's posted, right? Everybody knows what everybody's doing. Uh, you know what Adam Petey's doing for Dryland, right? So you can borrow those ideas, but it's it's how you make those things fit within your progression, within your system, and then and then the difference is how you do those things, right? So it's it's really um, how you can connect those dots. And and for us, is we spend a lot of time, energy helping people understand that hey, this is not you know we're not stuffing sausage here, right? And we're doing a set of ten two hundreds. Um, it's, it's really about that aerobic base, right. To give you the baseline. So then, man, we're going to rest and we're going to rest. We're going to rest hard. Sounds like an oxymoron, but we are, and we're going to taper. We're going to be fully committed, but to get there, we're going to get the work done. Right. Then we can really trust. And then, you know, that might be one of your questions. Well, you guys always show up at conference, but then you're better in CAs. Well, it comes with this preparation, right. That we're preparing for that ultimate goal to be at our very best when our very best is needed. And, you know, that's not, that's not something we take lightly. It's a, it's a big part of the program. It's a program that works. It's a system that you've really figured out. You've been able to plug and play coaches. You've been able to do it with all sorts of different caliber athletes. It seems like it's relationships, Arthur. You're amazing with, you know, doing the things and taking the time that it takes to create relationships and trust, whether that's keeping up with coaches who have come up under you or keeping up with coaches you came up under or, you know, relaying to athletes or the strength coach or the nutritionist, or now you've got all of these sports psychologists and all these people, you've had three different ADs and those relationships are crucial for your role. All of that time spent for others has to be balanced out with how you take care of yourself. How, and this is important for coaches to understand yeah. just as much as anything. How are yeah. you How are you taking care of Arthur? I, I don't want to use a buzzword like self-care, but what do you do for fun? How do you fill your own bucket? <laughs> Make sure that you can give all of this to everybody else that you're so unbelievable at. Well, I, I appreciate it again. I appreciate the kind words. I, I, I think 
you know, balance is a relative thing, right? Because early on, look, we had three little kids running around and the schedules were crazy and they were going to three different schools at one point. And, you know, and, and uh, you know, on a typical day, my wife was taking them to school because of the morning practice, right? So then I was like, okay, Wednesday morning, that's my morning. We don't have practice. I take the kids to school. I, you know, go to breakfast with my wife. Sometimes I do a little honeydew list in the home, change the light bulbs or take the trash out like that. That's the morning, right? That's the time that I have. Um, and you find the little things that work for you. I remember, um, you know, we, we decide early on as a family that, you know, there's nothing traditional about being a coaching family, right? Where, where your parents are both coaches and the weekends are absurd, uh, most of the time super hectic, right? My wife is running around with meets all the way through Sunday night. And, um, you know, as an age group coach and, and uh, you know, I'm doing, running around and we have recruiting weekends. And so for us, it's like, okay, you know what? We're going to carve this little time. If it's going to be Wednesday night, then it's going to be our family night, right? Maybe Sunday, man, we can't have dinner together every day. And, and maybe Sunday it's not going to work. But to this day, that's what we try to do, right? Even though my kids are all grown up now. I mean, um, I'm very fortunate that they're they're around here, right? And, and, and Nick just finished his MBA and he's still you know, plenty on keep swimming for a little bit longer. Obviously, Gabby still has, you know, a few more years of eligibility on the team. My oldest son is in town. So we try to get together once a week, right? That, that's such an important part for us as a family. I, I love to cook, um, you know, so I don't mind uh, trying different things. And they don't mind trying what I what I try to make, you know. So um, I love to grill. And, you know, probably one of the coolest things, I, I'll tell you this, right? Um, probably it's been a game changer for me during COVID. We just got tired of being home. Um, and so ultimately, uh, my oldest son and, and his now wife, you know, would come over and sometimes, you know, we'd, we'd just sit around and, you know, just eat. And, you know, sometimes they'll bring some margaritas, you know, it's like, hey, um, it's we're not going anywhere. We have nowhere to go. And, and we just got tired of doing that. And so um, we bought a little boat. We got a little pontoon boat and uh, we keep it in the Ohio River. And uh, I would have never thought that boating at the Ohio River was going to be anything that I that I would ever entertain. And let me tell you, now we're, you know, we've had this boat for two years. Now we're thinking maybe we need to upgrade a little bit, right? Um, but it, but it's it's that balance, right? I'll give you a simple example. Last night, right, um, my, my wife was was coaching and, uh, you know, and, and when she finished coaching, we met her at the dock in 6.30 and, um, you know, we got on the boat and we drove to, a, there's a place, a restaurant you can go to on the boat and we stopped there and we had dinner on the boat. And, you uh, we finished dinner and, uh, you know, we came back to the dock and got home at nine o'clock. Right. And so those simple moments where you can carve, I think that's the key. Right. Because what we do is not nothing, nothing traditional. So you have to find your windows. You know, Wednesday morning, my coaches, my administrators know, like, don't schedule a meeting on Wednesday morning. That's my morning. Right. I get a little workout in, do a little reading, do some you know house projects, breakfast with the wife. I don't take the kids to school anymore. But that Wednesday morning is still, I think, a, a very important piece for us, you know. So, and, and you have to take it, right? I, again, I remember having a conversation with Greg Troy about this, and he talked about if I were, if I would have been a smart coach, every Friday I would have gone away with my wife and my my family. It would have made my coaches better because I had to run the practices. It would have made my family life better, right? And I'm like, well, you know, you can say that as another coach, and and uh, I haven't got to that point yet that I, I'm bold enough to make that move. Um, but, but I, I see the value, right? I can see what he's talking about now of, man, we got to find the balance because it's so easy, right, Gary? It's so easy to be, and when you're all in and your phone is always on 
and you're dealing with, you know, 50 some athletes, men and women swimming, there's diving too, that's under my umbrella, right? And then the staff, I mean, stuff happens. So you, you're always on, right? And, and, uh, and I am, and somebody calls me, I'm on. If it's 2 a.m. and you call me, I'm going to pick it up and we're going to deal with it, right? And, and so um, you're right, you're right. It's to find the time that you can carve a little time for yourself, right? And, and, and be, again, be able to communicate that with people around you to also respect that. You know, and, and my administration appreciates that. My my sports supervisors, you know, if she calls me on a Wednesday, she's like, I'm so sorry. I don't want to bother you on your personal time, but we got this one thing that we have to decide right now. I'm like, okay, not a problem, right? Um, but I, I think that's important to be to be open and, and find those windows, you know? And and honestly, uh, I'll be very remiss if I didn't mention this, right? I mean, my wife, uh, I married way up, right? She understands the sport. I mean, she loves it all the time. Uh, my schedule, but, you know, and, and now that we're empty nesters a little bit, it's just, you know, she's working harder than ever in the things that she's doing, but the support that I had from her from the early days, I mean, you know, and, and the kids were saying, oh, you know, why is that not here? You know, and, and she always covered me, right. She always covered me. So I think that's, that's the key, man. You got to find a, a superstar partner. And uh, I, I, I struck gold, man. My wife, uh, we've been married now coming up on 28 years and, uh, you know, she's uh, she she makes me better every day, and she calls me out. I I cannot get away with anything, you know, and uh, and I use this 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 analogy often. I learned I learned this at a marriage retreat. You know, partnership is not 50-50. You try to give fifty percent to your wife. Good luck to that, right? Um, you you better take coverage, right? So for me, it's I got to bring hundred percent, and and it's not all the time because if I'm not there, then that's a different thing. But when I'm there, I got to bring hundred percent, and uh, and then you know. She would do the same, and then we have a chance, right? And and uh, we we've been happily married and and uh, enjoying life and and proud to watch our kids and you know and and continue to build more things. So we're young, that's the good news, uh, and and we love what we're doing, and uh, you know we're just picking up steam. So on my 20th season, I told the team, I said this uh this is my 20th year, but man, I couldn't be more fired up, right? I got a new staff who's was bringing some new energy. Um, they're challenging me in different ways. That's a good thing. It's healthy, right? And I felt like that I needed something like that. And that's the way it played out. Right. So I, I welcome in and, and uh, I, I like to think that I'm, I'm getting better And I, You know, that's our number one goal this year as coaches. We're going to do our best coaching job this season. That's it. The best coaching job we have ever done. That that's our only goal as a coaching staff. And then how do we do, how do we accomplish those things? You know, so that's what we're working on right now. So, but it's fun, man. It's fun. It's uh, I love this. Right. I, I, I always tell my athletic department, I said that the day I lose the fire, it's time for somebody else to take the baton and run with it. You know, right now I got plenty, uh, but at the right time, I will tell you. Right. And I'm not going to sit here and and, uh, you know, eat bonbons for a year. Right. I mean, it's time to move on. Somebody else needs to run with it because this thing requires fire at all times. Right. It requires energy and requires, uh, you know, I don't want to say leader, but yes, I'm, I show up and I have to set the example in everything I do. Right. So. I don't mind picking up uh, kickboards and being on my knees and doing lane lines and, you know, set up the pace clocks or set the flags. That's what we're dealing with right now every day, right? A country club pool. So we show up and we have to set the pool and it's part of the game. I don't, I don't mind. Don't mind any of that. I feel the fire. I feel it still. And uh, <laughs> it's inspiring stuff. Is there ever any scenario? Cause every time a big job comes up, 
Uh, and this is my last question. I know I've taken quite a bit of your time, but I a loaded question. You're going to throw it. I can't. I can't go the whole <laughs> interview without asking this question because your name does come up anytime there's an opening in college swimming. Your name comes up. How close have you ever come to maybe looking at another job? And uh, what what would it take? Like what what could possibly pull you away from this amazing program that you've built? Yeah, you know, I, over the years, you know, you you think twenty some years, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm nineteen years completed at Louisville. There, there were a couple of things early on that that caught my attention, you know, in in, in and there were a couple of things, some big name programs that that we had some some serious conversations. I think for me, honestly, the more I looked at those things, like and and, and really, right, I I I was always honored when somebody reached out, and and the first thing, right, is it's I I go to prayer. Man, that's that's uh, that's such a big part of my life, you know. So it's like I, I want to be thoughtful. I want to be. Uh, I I I pray God puts a neon sign in my yard so I don't miss it, right? Um, that that's that's the kind of you know focus for me. So, um, but uh, to me, uh, there were a couple of things that came up that were. If I was to tell you, say why 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 didn't you do it? And I will tell you, I just felt for me it was I didn't want to go somewhere to live up to something that somebody else has already established. And we're just trying to recreate that, rebuild it. Um, that's not as exciting for me. Uh, I love the challenge of, can we, again, can we find a new first this year? You know, can, can we come up with something that we've never done before? And to me, that's refreshing, right? I love that. I love that, you know, kind of uh, battling the odds too, right? Cause um, it, it's just the nature of, of what we do here. So, um, and then there's a there's a sense of pride, you know that that I, I think once we build something and you you saw it from the beginning, you know it's a little bit like gardening, you know in the early days, man, it's a little bit dirty, you know you got to get down there, get in the mud, and and you get a little dirty, get some get some dirt under your nails, like it it's it's tough, right? It's it it was a, it was a period of three four years of trying to set things up, and and that's that was probably the toughest stretch, um, and then. You know, and then she just kind of start establishing the culture. And then all of a sudden it's like, but wait a minute, you know, I, I don't want to leave now. There's so many things we have yet to accomplish here. And I love that we're doing it. Right. And so I, I don't, again, I, I love the idea of, and that maybe ties in with recruiting an early question. I, I think it's, it's about making a difference. Right. I like to think that I'm making a difference in this university, in the program, in this community. I, and by the way, we're, we're turning out people and preparing them to do some amazing things in life um, through swimming, right, through swimming. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, for me, uh, there, there's a pride of, of who we are and, and uh, we are a little swimming and we're very proud of that. So, um, you know, it's an exciting time. Um, you know, it, it, it's you, you never say never, but here's the deal. Right. I mean, a few years ago, they offered me a, a lifetime contract. Um, and, uh, and I signed it. Right. And, uh, and, and that's, that's my plan. So, you know, we're, we're excited for the things that are to come here and, and we have a new athletic department and new, new AD who's, uh, very supportive, understands our sport. Uh, it's been a friend for many years. And so to me, it's like, I'm excited for this new, new beginning here, you know, of, of what, what we can do together again. So, you know, um, I'm, but I'm a, I'm a focus on the task at hand kind of guy. Right. And, uh, and, and we love it here. Louisville has been a, fantastic place to raise a family uh, our children you know have grown up here they love it it's 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 Louisville is a quirky city people even if they go to school elsewhere everybody comes back to live in in this city right so everybody knows everybody is a big little town 
you know, and, and no professional sport. So, you know, I, I was listening to the radio driving in after the morning practice and, you know, it's the, the radio guys are talking about, you know, yeah, football needs to do, but man, all the other sports are doing great and swimming, man, swimming is rolling, man. We got, right. They're talking about our sport uh, with great respect on the radio uh, in, in, in the community. So to me, that, that says a lot, right. We were not, we're the show in town. Right. And, and, and I love that for our athletes, for the opportunities that that creates. So, you know, it's, it's long answers to your question, but I hope I answered it, but uh, you know, we love it here. It's, it's a, it's a beautiful place. If you want to, if you want to find big time, you know, uh, big city stuff, you can Broadway shows. Right. And, and uh, my wife loves to go to those, but uh, you know, if you want to put your boat on the Ohio river, you can do that too. And if you like horses, man, there's no better place in the world. Right. I'm going to talk to bourbon, you know, maybe for the coaches and parents that listen to this. Hey, bourbon, bourbon capital of the world, right? I mean, it's, uh, it's an amazing city that's always, you know, welcoming. And, and uh, so, you know, always something going on here. And it's, we, we've loved living here for, you know, almost 20 years now. Good, good. Well, I'm happy to hear that you're in a place that you love. I know that they're lucky to have you and uh, I don't need to take any more of your time. I appreciate every single second of it, coach. And uh, best of luck in season number 20 here coming up for the Cardinals. That's awesome. I appreciate your support, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.